Welcome to the Striving from Stillness podcast, where you'll learn how to step out of overwhelm, anxiety, and stress so you can maximize the positive impact you have within your work, family, and community while fully enjoying your life. I'm your host, Anna Pantano, a certified mindfulness instructor and life coach. Every other week, you'll learn a new mindfulness practice to build the strong internal foundation needed to be productive and resilient from a place of peace. During the other episodes, I'll share valuable personal growth insights from my 20 years of obsessing over how to create a better life while staying deeply connected to my family and running a successful business. For today's episode, make yourself comfy and get ready to learn another powerful way to uplevel your life so you can thrive, not just survive. Having witnessed my grandma live and eventually pass with severe dementia, and then struggling with my own brain fog at age 40 due to what I later discovered was from hormone changes during perimenopause, led me to take a brain longevity therapy training course this last year. Before I hop into some of the learnings I was excited to learn about, I think it's important to know that the early signs of dementia in the brain can begin as early as 20 or 30 years before they actually start to become obvious enough to seek a diagnosis. To me, this means it's never too early to start to think about our brain health, and not only because we might prevent some disease 20 years down the line, but also because there is so much research on how having a healthy brain can serve our mental health, capacity for loving responses, ability to be productive, which ultimately can impact our economic status, and so on. So even if you're not approaching an age where you're concerned about dementia, I encourage you to listen to this episode to see what healthy habits you can get into now that will serve you and your loved ones for years to come. For those who have family history of dementia and may have that gene marker that means that you're more likely to develop it, there is hopefully extra motivation to dive into how we can lovingly take care of our brain. Thankfully, science has learned that having certain genetic markers for a disease does not mean you will develop the disease. It can be made more likely and less likely, depending on how you live your life. Bottom line, there are things you can do to live a longer, healthier life with your mental faculties intact, so you can enjoy the later years as well as life right now, no matter what may be in your family history. The course I've been taking takes a deep dive into things we can do outside of medication that make suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia less likely. Things that can also reduce the symptoms for those who have been diagnosed, slow the progression, and sometimes, like I said before, even prevent the disease from developing, even when somebody has the genetic marker for these horrible conditions. If you know anything about me and what I do for work, and during my off time too, you'll understand why I was extremely excited to learn that multiple studies have found yoga to be a very effective component and helping reduce the chances and symptoms of Alzheimer's disease and dementia. And if you're not a yogi, don't jump off this podcast yet. For those who say yoga isn't for them, please take a moment to stick with me to hear some of these amazing benefits. And I'm going to take a moment to hop in here and explain how yoga can truly be for everyone. And it's not just for the skinny fit people who may have been gymnasts in their early years of life that are often pictured in the magazines, on social media, and on websites doing such things as headstands or holding themselves up while their bodies twisted like a a pretzel. Yes, those people do exist. 
And yes, some classes and some studios can cater to those types of yogis, but it's definitely not the whole picture. And making my best guess, I truly believe that this media image of yoga is not the majority, even though I know it can seem like that if you Google it. Yoga is also not about being flexible. True story. After 20 years of yoga, I still cannot touch my toes the majority of the time. I like to blame my very long legs, and that's partially true. But the other is, I just have tight hamstrings. And until or unless I get to a point where I can do yoga daily, for hours, like I did during my immersion yoga teacher training, I will honestly probably not be able to touch my toes. And that's okay. And I can guarantee you that if I didn't do yoga because I've had moments where I step out of it for a while, my hamstrings would be even tighter, along with all kinds of other muscles in that area, and my lower back would suffer because of it. My point is, before you totally write off this valuable finding because you quote unquote can't do yoga, I encourage you to take some time to find a version of yoga that works for you. There are many different styles, teachers, and ways to practice, including chair yoga or restorative yoga. There are truly some parts of yoga in almost every class that everyone can do. And I'm going to repeat a little bit of what I just said, because there's a lot of misconceptions about yoga or at least misinformation on how varied it can be. So despite the many pictures floating around the internet, social media, and in magazines, you do not need to learn or even try to do a headstand or some other gymnast looking pose to practice. You don't need to be flexible or even be able to touch your toes or twist like a pretzel to do yoga. And like I said, although some classes will cover these exact things, many do not. And none of it is required to participate in a class or practice yoga. In fact, any yoga instructor that's worth taking a class from, in my opinion, will always remind everyone to listen to their own bodies They will model and encourage students to modify whenever they want to, even if it's simply because they are tired that day and want to take it a little easier. If you've been curious about yoga, but not sure where to begin and would like a gentler practice, I encourage you to look for a class that says that they are a gentle flow class or maybe a restorative class for those looking for a more meditative, less active class, maybe a gentle somatic yoga class, chair yoga, like I mentioned, or something specifically designed for beginners, and then remind yourself over and over and over again that you can and will do only the things you want to do and feel okay in your body. In our competitive world, I know this can be hard. It can be a hard one, but I always encourage my students to do what feels right for them, to not look to see what others are doing in the class, to listen to their own body, And that if they want to go into child's pose, say, or lie down at any time to rest, they should do exactly just that. Yoga is a very personal practice. And yes, it takes time to stop comparing ourselves to others. But that is one of the other side benefits of yoga. It is a practice that can train you to start to trust yourself, learn how to listen and take cues from your own body and learn that even those cues will change from day to day and moment to moment. And I'm not going to lie, it can feel uncomfortable at first. But once you start to move through that layer of discomfort to the other side, you can learn how to be comfortable in your own skin. 
in your own body, you can start to trust yourself. And honestly, for me, there's no other better feeling than that. The feeling of being 100% okay with who I am. And I obviously could go on and on. And I'm getting a little sidetracked because I am so passionate about the power and ability that yoga can have to transform your life. It is not just about flexibility. It is not just about strength or the poses you might be able to do. It is about the whole being, the whole body experience that we now know that on top of all the other benefits, yoga can also help with your brain health. And before I tell you in what ways it can help, if you're still unsure or nervous about how you enter the world of yoga, or if you've tried and your experience has not been a great one, I encourage you to reach out. Either message me or take a leap and schedule some beginner sessions with me or another instructor you trust, even if you have to do them via Zoom. I personally love to help others figure out how to enjoy the practice of yoga. And even before I was an instructor, introducing others to yoga has always been something I was passionate about and have enjoyed doing immensely. My contact information is always at the end of the show notes. And if you've been on the fence about trying yoga, I do encourage you to contact me or someone in your local area that can help you get started. So back to our brain. According to the World Health Organization, as of March 2023, more than 55 million people have dementia worldwide. And unfortunately, every year there are almost 10 million more cases. Alzheimer's is the most common of dementia and accounts for 60 to 80% of all dementia cases. Alzheimer's is not simply being forgetful. It sadly is a gradual erosion of one's abilities to do even the simplest things. Many who suffer from dementia or Alzheimer's start to become confused, even in familiar places. They struggle to solve problems, perform routine tasks, and their moods change as well. They often start to feel more anxious, sad, or angry, possibly withdraw from social activities, and will start to display inappropriate behaviors as the disease progresses. It is, as unfortunately too many of us know, a horrible disease that makes the end of life frustrating at best, but for most, completely unbearable, affecting not only the people that have dementia, but also their loved ones. So how do we give ourselves and our loved ones the opportunity to possibly prevent or at least slow down the progression of the disease? In addition to diet changes and supplements, the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation has found from monitoring the before and after brain scans of people who suffer from Alzheimer's that those participating in a yoga practice or meditation will show improvements in the areas of the brain that typically present as damaged or not working properly in Alzheimer's patients. So why do they think this works? Or how does yoga help with our brain health? First way is by significantly helping with stress reduction. The stress-relieving benefits of yoga helps keep the mind sharp, get relaxed. It helps reduce inflammation and decreases cortisol levels. High cortisol levels damage and kill cells in the hippocampus, which is considered to be the center of emotion, memory, and the autonomic nervous system. Yoga's ability to also improve psychological states can lead to enhanced cognitive performance. In short, yoga's ability to significantly reduce stress has found to reduce the severity of dementia and Alzheimer's. Second is yoga helps by increasing overall vitality and energy. Through the combination of movement, 
breath control, and relaxation, yoga helps alleviate fatigue, increases energy, and restores a sense of balance. Regular physical exercise has been shown to reduce the risk of developing Alzheimer's by 50%. And yoga was found to be the most beneficial exercise for brain health because of its ability to support our parasympathetic nervous system, where we relax, digest, rest, and rebuild. Thirdly, community support and having social interactions is another thing that has shown to help reduce the risk of Alzheimer's or at least slow its progression. Joining a yoga community can provide a sense of belonging and support. It offers opportunities to connect with like-minded individuals, have shared experiences, and build meaningful relationships. Having meaningful relationships and interactions are essential for mental health and brain health. As we age, and I would argue it's essential at every single age. And lastly, yoga also helps because it gives the participant the opportunity for lifelong learning. I've been doing yoga for 20 years, and I still learn new things about the practice. I learn new things about myself and my body. I feel like I could study all the different modalities and intricacies of yoga for at least 20 more years, and there still would be more to learn after that. Yoga is and can be truly a lifelong journey of learning and personal growth. There is always something new to explore. Whether it's mastering moving your body in a different way or delving into the philosophy and history of yoga, exploring new ways to move your body helps keep the brain healthy and sharp by creating new neural pathways. So why yoga and not other exercises? Although any exercise or movement is better for the brain than none. So please move, please do exercise if you're not ready to give yoga a try or it's just not your thing. But the more holistic aspects of yoga practice have been proven to improve the brain and overall well-being more so than other exercise modalities. In one study that had two groups of people where one group went on an exercise program and the other did yoga only, after eight weeks, the people in the yoga group showed significantly more improvement in executive functioning, especially around working memory and efficiency of mental flexibility. In yoga, There is an emphasis on breathing techniques that help us more easily access that parasympathetic nervous system. Remembering that parasympathetic nervous system is where the body can rest, it can rebuild. It is the opposing system to our sympathetic nervous system, or better known as our fight, flight, or freeze, where many of us spend too much time due to chronic stress. Chronic stress in the body damages the body, making us more susceptible to illness, and disease while decreasing our brain's ability to function optimally. Because of yoga's ability to help us manage and reduce stress, it has been shown to have the ability to improve psychological states, which leads to enhanced cognitive performance in the executive function part of our brain. Additionally, yoga, compared to many other exercise modalities, typically helps strengthen one ability to balance, which is important to avoid those hard falls later in life that can be hard to recover from. Those who are struggling with dementia already will often decline faster if they become ill, injured, or are hospitalized. The more that can be done to keep them from being injured, the better in the end it is for the brain. Yoga also contains an internal reflection, and if desired, a spiritual component to it. Both healthy internal reflection and a connection to something greater than ourself has also been shown in multiple studies to help in cognitive functions. If you're not already a yogi and you're still listening, I hope that something I shared today will encourage you to give it a try. 
Remember, there are a ton of different ways to experience yoga and practice it. I highly encourage you to find a teacher, a class, or a style that resonates with you. And if you need help figuring that out, I hope you'll take the first step and either start exploring studios and teachers in your area, online, or reach out to me if you want customized guidance to find a practice that will support you. If you already do yoga, I hope this will motivate you to keep leaning in, exploring it, and maybe even doing a little bit more than you usually do while feeling good that you're also doing something great for your brain health, which is not only good for you, but also the people in your life that care for you most. I hope you have a wonderful week. And if you know someone on the fence about yoga or is concerned about their brain health, I encourage you to share this episode. Thank you for joining me today on Striving from Stillness. If you found value in this podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you would rate and review it on Apple Podcast or simply share with a friend. It helps the podcast grow so more people can find it and it won't take you long. I sincerely appreciate your support from the bottom of my heart. I hope you'll join me again as we explore how to be productive, successful, and happy from a place of peace. I believe if you found this podcast, there is something wonderful tugging on your heart that will make this world a better place. I hope I can support you on your journey to get your work and your gift out into the world so you can make the impact and difference you were born to make.